Please stand with us and sing. Lord of all creation, of water, earth, and sky, the heavens are your tabernacle, glory to the Lord on high, God of wonders beyond our galaxy. Lord of 
Uh, Manning, good morning. And welcome to worship on this beautiful Sunday morning. It is wonderful to see all of you here today. And welcome to those joining online as well. And the peace of Christ be with you all. And let us greet one another. Good morning, good morning. Good morning, kiddos. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And let us join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we thank you and we praise you for allowing us to worship you this morning. Pour your Holy Spirit upon us and bless us on this day. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. I think I just muted myself there for a second. Sorry about that. Okay, you ready for a children's moment? So we are going to talk about something called compassion. Does anybody know what compassion is? Yeah? Compassion is like if you're doing something nice kind of for something else, then you're showing that person compassion. Does anybody here know who the most compassionate person is who ever lived? Jesus, exactly. Jesus is the most compassionate person who ever lived. He healed people. He talked to people. He went over and he, he touched people like that everybody else was afraid to touch. And then he'd also healed them as well. He did so much good in order to help people because Jesus had compassion on others. And so we need to be like who? We need to be like Jesus. And so we need to learn how to show people compassion. So a way that we can show people compassion is that if somebody is hurt, we could maybe get them some help. If somebody is sad, what should we do in order to show them compassion? Cheer them up. Exactly. If somebody is hungry, what can we do to show them compassion? Give them food. If somebody's thirsty, what can we do to show them compassion? Give them water, give them something to drink. So you guys know how to show compassion. So I want you to think about how you can show compassion. So if you're at school and you see somebody who's really sad or lonely, what should you do? Go play with them. Go see them. Maybe do you have a buddy chair at, at recess, maybe at school, and where somebody can sit in? I know some schools have that, where somebody can sit in if they don't have anybody to play with. You can go over to that buddy chair if you see somebody sitting all alone and say, hey, come play with me. Come do something with me. That's how we can be like Jesus and show compassion. We can care for those. We can make sure that nobody's lonely. If somebody's sad, we can cheer them up. If somebody's hungry, we can give them food. That is how we can be like Jesus. And us adults, we know our our goal is always to figure out how we can be more and more like Jesus, and you guys can do that as well. So I want you to think about that. How can you show compassion and be like Jesus? And I want you to try to do that this week. Try to cheer somebody up if they're sad. Try to befriend somebody if they're lonely. I want you to think about all of that this week. Do you think you can do that? Yes? Okay, then let's stand up and let's say a prayer. All right, let's gather together over here and let's say a prayer. Holy and loving God, you give us the best example of all. And so we want to follow your example. Show us how to show compassion to others. Show us how to be kind and how to be loving and how to help people in need. We pray this all through Christ Jesus and together we say, amen. children with my blessing never alone waking sleeping i am with you 
children with my blessing you are my own amen and now we have announcements if anybody has any announcements to make you can come forward at this time i am going to share one very important announcement for you if you can go to not the next slide but the one after for a second uh if anybody receives a text message that appears to be from me asking for assistance or asking you to text me back please make sure not to answer it. I promise you I'm never going to send you a text message saying, you know, I need your assistance or anything like that. If I need to get a hold of you, I will make sure that you hear my voice if I'm trying to get a hold of you. Uh, also make sure that you pay attention to where any numbers are coming from. So Debbie, I don't know if anybody else has received these, but Debbie lately has received two different text messages claiming to be from me. One from like a 470 number, another one starting with two. My number is on the bullet it's a 716 number. Make sure that uh, you know it's from me if it ever seems fishy or just reach out to me. Don't ever reply to a message that, that seems a little fishy like this one. If you see this, it says like, hey, Debbie, how are you doing? I need your assistance with something. Let me know when you are available. Peace and blessings, Pastor Elizabeth Duffy. Now, here's the thing. That's actually like pretty, you know, it might not seem that fishy. You're like, oh, Pastor Duffy needs my help with something. But thankfully, Debbie has my cell phone number. She knew it wasn't from me, and she was able to screenshot it and send it over to me to ask. If you receive anything like this, no, it's probably not from me. You can contact me at church. You can contact my cell phone number directly if you ever receive anything like this, but I don't want anybody to get caught into a scam. And I have no idea how they got this information, So, but unfortunately, they have. Good morning. We received a thank you note from the ARC from our Christmas mission project. I'd just like to read it to you, and then I'm going to post it out in the entryway on the bulletin board. Dear Zion members, on behalf of the ARC Erie County New York Education Program, I would like to thank you for your generosity this past holiday season. Your many donations to our students with developmental disabilities provided much joy this holiday season. Your gifts made a significant difference for so many of our children and their families. On their behalf, we extend our appreciation to you for helping them to have an amazing holiday. Our program is fortunate to have caring individuals that open their hearts year after year to help others. Our only regret is that you were not able to see those beaming smiles in person and know what a wonderful feeling you bestowed on others. Again, thank you for your wonderful, heartwarming generosity. And this is from Karen Mayweather. And I thank you also. It was a huge success. Good morning. Um, as I mentioned last week, if you weren't here, um, our basket raffle is going to be coming up on Saturday, March 18th. Um, there's several ways that you can help, and we really do need a lot of help for this event. Um, this is a list of important dates, and not only will we have these on a slide each Sunday, but I'll also have a little uh, board outside in the narthex, which lists some of these important dates, because I realize where you're sitting, you might not be able to see these. But a couple things that I'll just mention is that, first of all, we do have a volunteer sign-up sheet on the table in the narthex. We also have a crockpot cook-off sign-up sheet out in the narthex. If you have a really delicious crockpot recipe, uh, go ahead and sign up for that. You can actually win a prize. We, there is going to be a prize for the best crockpot entry. 
Um, if you haven't grabbed a basket, there are, we've restocked and put more baskets out there. Um, you can either create your own basket, or if you are less creative like me, you can bring in items and we will put those together. Um, some of the volunteer opportunities that are listed on the volunteer sign-up sheet include the basket assembly day, which will be on Saturday, March 11th. Jill Fowler will be kind of well, bringing that together, but if you're um, interested in helping to create the baskets, we'll do that on Saturday, March 11th. On Friday, March 17th, we're going to need as many hands as possible to set up for the event. Uh, we have to move a whole lot of tables and move a whole lot of stuff around. And then, um, of course, on Saturday, March 18th, is the event itself. So even if you can't volunteer, we hope that you can attend. And we hope that you have a great time at the event. It's a lot of fun. Thank you. And now let us join our hearts and minds together as we light this candle and as we pray for peace. Holy and loving God, we pray for peace this morning. We pray for peace that surpasses all human understanding. We pray for peace that can bring the world comfort. We pray for peace that overcomes violence and aggression. We pray for peace in this world because, Lord, this world needs your peace. May we be instruments of peace in this community. May we help to create peace in your world. We pray this all through Christ Jesus, and together we say, Amen. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true, with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Please join me in our opening litany. God, our help and hope when waters rise. Sustain all those who seek to save others. Raise up the former devastations. Through Jesus Christ, our eternal Savior. Ah. Uh -huh. 
Please be seated. Now you can find your reading today from the book of Isaiah. We are in the Old Testament today and only in the Old Testament. That very rarely happens, as you know. Uh, I tend to be the biggest fan of the Gospels, as you figured out after all of our time together. So we are in the book of Isaiah, the 58th chapter. We are going to read the first 12 verses. So make sure you open up to that. It's page 674 in your pew Bibles, or if you have a large print, it's in the Old Testament, page 907. And if you are ready to hear the word of the Lord, will you please say amen? Amen. Starting with verse 1. Shout out, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Announce to my people their rebellion, to the house of Jacob their sins. Yet day after day they seek me and delight to know my ways, as if they were a nation that practiced righteousness and did not forsake the ordinances of their God. They ask me for righteous judgments. They delight to draw near to God. Why do we fast? But you do not see. Why humble ourselves, but you do not notice? Look, you serve your own interest and your fast day and oppress all your workers. Look, you fast only to quarrel and to fight and strike with a wicked fist. 
Such fasting as you do today will not make your voice heard on high. Is such the fast that I choose a day to humble oneself? Is it to bow down the head like a bulrush and to lie in sackcloth and ashes? Will you call this a fast, a day acceptable to the Lord? Is not this fast that I chose to loose the bonds of injustice and undo the thongs of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and to bring the homeless poor into your house? When you see the naked, to cover them and to not hide yourself from your own kin. Then your light shall break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up quickly, and your vindicator shall go before you, and the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And then you shall call, and the Lord will answer, and you shall cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. And the Lord will guide you continuously and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt and you shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be, be called the repairer of of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. Your holy presence my daily bread this is my daily bread your very for you and I I'm lost without you this is the This is my 
Let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we turn to you this morning. As we read from this prophetic book and we turn to you, and Lord, we ask that you pour your Holy Spirit upon us. Bless us with your spirit. Bless us with your power. Let us feel your presence on this day. Through Christ our Lord, we pray. Amen. So the prophetic book of Isaiah, which we just read from, is believed by scholars to have been written by three separate authors throughout a long, like a very long span of time, centuries actually. That's what the scholars say. And what we just read comes from the second section, so essentially the second author of Isaiah. And what we read came from about the 6th century BCE, so about 600 years before Jesus. And at that time, the Babylonian Empire had come and had conquered the region of Judah. It had conquered Jerusalem. It had conquered that area, and it had sent those people into exile. And then when we read specifically from the 58th chapter at that time, they think that the exiles were actually allowed to return back to their homes. So those Babylonian exiles, the people who had been sent into exile for years, at that point they were allowed to come back to their homes, to rebuild their lives, to come back to the place that may have been destructed and to start their lives again. And as the people made their way back to their homes and as the people began to rebuild their lives with a new sense of normalcy, they were trying to understand how God could help them and guide them through all of this. And so they turned to the prophet Isaiah and then the prophet was able to offer them these words of wisdom. And if you look in your pew Bibles, and I noticed it's in both the pew Bibles and in the large print. If you look in your pew Bibles, you'll notice that you have a heading at the top of chapter 58, and that heading is false and true worship. And so what the prophet Isaiah, the message that the prophet is trying to get across to the people is how we can worship God in a 
true way, how we can worship God in a sense, the, in essentially the truest of true ways. And the words of the prophet Isaiah that we're reading here are also echoed in Micah, which we read from last week, another prophetic book, and also Amos, another prophetic book that you have heard from. So these words from the prophet that are being recommended to the people, this guidance that's being offered to the people is not just echoed here in the second author of Isaiah, but it's also echoed in other prophetic books as well. And the words of guidance are essentially this. If we want to truly worship God, and give me a little raise of the hand if you want to truly worship God, if we want to truly worship God the way that God wants to be worshiped, or maybe even even needs to be worshiped, then we need to know that God actually doesn't care about superficial things. Believe it or not, God doesn't care what we wear when we come to worship. God doesn't care if you come dressed to the nines. You know, if you want to come in a three-piece suit, I mean, that is, uh, you, do you wear what you want to wear to worship? Or if you come to church in sweatpants, God doesn't care what we wear when we come to worship. God doesn't care if when you lift up your voice in order to sing songs if you can sing beautifully like these guys over here or if you muddle your way through like yours truly god doesn't care what your musical ability is although we appreciate that some people have actual musical ability unlike yours truly god doesn't care how beautifully we set up the altar though it does look quite beautiful and and i like how we set up the altar but god doesn't care about all of that god doesn't care about the the superficial things. God doesn't care if we have a baby running down the aisle, which is totally cool with me, or, you know, if, if babies are wherever. God doesn't care about all of that. God doesn't care if we have pews in the church or, or chairs, as some churches have changed to that. God doesn't care about all that superficial thing. That's not what God really cares about when we worship. But what God cares about, what God needs from us. Do you ever think about God needing anything from us? We often we're thinking, what do we need from God? But what God needs from us, according to the prophets, what God needs from us is for us to learn how to show compassion. What God needs from us is for us as God's people to be people of compassion. God needs us to see those who are hungry and to feed them. Why do you think so many churches have feeding programs? Because God needs us to see those who are hungry and to feed them. God needs us to see those who are cold and to clothe them. God needs us to see systems that oppress and to try to stop those systems. God needs us to make this world a more compassionate place and to be instruments of compassion in this world. That is what God needs from us. Let's just think about what compassion can do in this world. Think about the act of compassion. Now, I have a couple examples for you, and I'm not going to lie. The first two examples come straight out of Reader's Digest, and so that's where they come from. People can apparently write in their own stories. And so here's just a couple of examples of compassion. So this one, if, you're, if you don't like the winter, you know I love the winter, but if you don't like the winter, I'm going to give you a summery story. So picture a beautiful summery day, a nice hot summery day. Well, there was this man who he went to the grocery store, and, and he goes to the grocery store, goes into the store, gets what he needs, and he comes back out to the car. And then when he comes out back out to the car, he realized that he had managed to lock both his keys and his cell phone 
in the car. And so he was frustrated with himself. So, you know, he kicked the tire of the car and, and said he uttered a few choice words. And you can come, bud. It's okay. <laughs> and so, um, of course, I'm like encouraging the kids to come down the aisles and, and maybe the parents don't love that, but that's okay. So, um, I'm fine with kids being right up here. But uh, so, you know, the man, he, he kicks the, the tire of the car and he utters a few choice words because he's frustrated with himself, as we'd all probably be, because he locked his keys in the car, he locked his cell phone in the cars. And then there's a teenage boy who's on a bike. And teenagers often get such a bad rap. Well, this teenage boy, he rides his bike over to this man and he asks the man, what's wrong? And so the man tells him what he did and, and he lets the boy know. And then he said, you know, even if I could calm my wife, it wouldn't really matter because, yes, we have a spare key at home, but this is our only car, so she wouldn't be able to get the spare key to me. And then this teenage boy, he hands his cell phone to the man, and he said, call your wife and tell her I'm coming by to pick up the spare key. And the man says, well, I live seven miles away. And, and the boy says, that's okay. You know, call your wife and tell her I'll be on my way. And so the, the man calls his wife and says, okay, there's a, a teenage boy who's going to come by and uh, pick up our spare key because of what I did. And so an hour goes by after that, and the teenager returns after a 14-mile round-trip bike ride. And he returns with the spare key for the man, and the man can get it into his car, loading the groceries and make his way home. And, and the man tries to pay the teenage boy, but the, the, the teenager says, uh, don't worry about it. Just think about it. I, I needed some more exercise today. Teenagers get such a bad rap that we've got some pretty awesome ones here in this church. And yet that teenager showed compassion to this man and made this man's day so much better. A day that could have been an expensive disaster. Instead, this teenager showed this man compassion. Or else, let's think about a colder weather story, you know. So, it, of course, I love this cold weather. You know I do. And I'm actually frustrated that it's going to be over freezing today, but I'm probably alone on them. So there was a, a woman who was driving, and she was driving in a blizzard, and she's on the highway driving in a blizzard, and she noticed that a car was following, like, pretty close behind her, but she didn't think too much about it until suddenly her tire blew. And so her tire blew. It's in the middle of a blizzard, so she pulled off to the side of the road, and then the car that had been following behind her also pulls off on the side of the road, and she's not sure what to think. And then the man gets out of the car and comes over to her window, and he said, I was going to get off a couple miles back, but that back tire didn't look too good to me. And so he decided to follow her. And then that man in the middle of a blizzard changed her tire, put on her spare tire for her, so, and made sure that she could make it home safely. That man had such great compassion. None of us want to change a tire at any point of time, and we definitely don't want to do it in the middle of a blizzard, do we? And yet he followed her because he thought that that tire might blow, and he showed compassion to her, and he, saved, he may have even saved her life considering what it's like in a blizzard. And, and then I want to make sure that you, I'll tell you one of my own stories just to tell you. It's a tiny little story that I do, in fact, practice what I preach. One time my husband and I and the kids were all on vacation, and so this was just last year. We're on vacation, and as you know I do when I'm on vacation, I went for my morning run, and so I went for a morning run, and then on the way back from the run, I went into McDonald's so I could get coffee for Trevor and me and breakfast for the kids. And so I'm in there 
in the McDonald's and then this young man walks in and he asks uh, a lady if she has any money that she can spare in order for him to get a breakfast sandwich. And she's like searching, rifling through her purse, kind of looking, but I could tell she was kind of anxious about it. And so I called the young man over and I said, come on over. I said, order whatever it is you want for breakfast. And so he ordered a nice big breakfast and, and he ordered a coffee and a nice tea. And, and I grabbed the food that I had ordered for the kids and our morning coffees. And then he got his food and then we went on our way. And that was it. You know, we got back to the hotel room and just let Trevor know. I was like, yeah, we bought a, a young man some breakfast this morning. So, so, just so just so you know. And he's like, okay. You know, he's not surprised by that sort of thing when he's married to a pastor. And so he's just kind of like, okay. And, and we went on our day and it didn't change a single thing for us. But at least that young man had food in his belly that morning. That, that cost of breakfast did not affect us at all. But at least that may have filled his belly this morning, that morning. Sometimes those acts of compassion, and they don't have to be big ones. I mean, maybe you're going to do a 14-mile round-trip bike ride in order to help somebody or, or change somebody's tire in a blizzard, which sounds, you know, very, very terrible. Or maybe it's just something super simple like buying somebody breakfast, which, which doesn't even take any energy or really much thought at all. But whenever we show somebody compassion, the reality is that is the truest form of worship because we follow Jesus and Jesus is the one who shows the most compassion of all. I mean, think about what Jesus does. There are people who are ostracized. There are people who nobody wants to go near. There's people who nobody wants to touch and Jesus goes right up to those people and puts his hands on those people and touches those people and heals those people because Jesus shows the most compassion out of any person who has ever lived. Jesus goes to people who think that they are the biggest sinners who think that they have messed up in the worst ways and, and who nobody wants to associate with. And Jesus goes to them and he embraces them and he brings them into his fold. Jesus is the one who shows the most compassion out of anyone who has ever lived. And Jesus is the one that we follow. So it's no surprise that when we look in the prophetic books, even as we go all the way back to the book of Isaiah or all the way back to the book of Micah or all the way back to the book of Amos, when we go back to those prophetic books, it's no wonder why these prophets are saying, if you want to truly worship God, show compassion. The superficial things bring us comfort. The superficial things make us feel good. But what God wants from us, that true worship, is for us to go out into this world and show compassion. Have you ever heard this saying that I've actually put on our uh, Facebook page as one of our headings, but church is the practice, love is the point. Have you heard that before? No? Yes, I'm here in both. Well, this is the truth. Church is the practice, love is the point. What we do when we're in here is we learn. We come together we get filled with that power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that power of the Holy Spirit feels good. We come together to fellowship, to rejuvenate. That's what we do when we come together. But the truest form of worship is what we do when we go out of those doors. When we go out of those doors and we show compassion, there is no former, there's no truer form of worship than that then when we go out of this church, out of this building, 
and show people compassion just like Jesus did. That is the truest form of worship. So let's join in a moment of prayer. Holy and loving God, we are so thankful that we have this church where we can come together and where we can worship you. We are so thankful that we have this this body where we can join together and where we can praise you and we can be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. We are so thankful that we can come here and worship you. But may we know always, Lord, that the truest form of worship is not what we do in here, but what we do outside. May we go out into this world and may our worship continue. May we go out into this world and worship you with acts of compassion and acts of service. And we pray this all through Christ Jesus and together we say, Amen. Please join us in our tithes and offerings. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son. And now let the weak say I am strong. Let the poor say I am rich because of what the Lord has done for us. Give thanks. And let us pray together. Gracious God, may this act of giving transform our hearts and our minds. May you bless these gifts and use them to do your will. Through Christ we pray. Amen.
Come you who are weary and restless. Come all who hunger and thirst. We are ready. Creating God, source of all our being in all the earth, we thank you and we praise you for the gift of life. We thank you for calling us to obedience and for sending us Jesus to show us how to live. Jesus, our Savior, we praise you for the glory of redemption. It was you who suffered the world's pain so that we may live. We celebrate the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, who carries us through life with the love and the strength of the Lord, and we join in your unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. We gratefully recall and remember Christ's birth as one of us, Christ's baptism for our sin, Christ's compassion for our suffering, Christ's intimacy with our frailty, Christ bearing the cross with its death, and Christ rising from the tomb by the power of God. It was Jesus who took the bread, gave thanks, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, Jesus also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so we affirm the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Consecrate, therefore, by your Holy Spirit these gifts of bread and wine. Bless us that as we receive them, we may offer you our faith and our praise. We may be united with Christ and with one another, and we may be strengthened by the Holy Spirit to continue faithfully as disciples in your world. And let us pray the prayer that Jesus taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Through the broken bread, we participate in the body of Christ. Through the cup of blessing, we participate in the newness of Christ. Friends, here we take communion via intinction, in which that means that you can take a wafer and you can dip it into the cup. We do ask that no one does drink directly from the cup. We also have gluten-free wafers available as well. Come for all things are now ready. There's a table in your presence where the weary are restored, where the bread is broken for us and the cup of life is poured. Blood and body given for us, perfect offering for our sin, sacrifice and resurrection, all who die with you shall live. 
the body of Christ broken for you. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. The flowers of the field are crying to the earth. The trees of the forest are singing. And all of the mountains with one voice Joining in the chorus of this world Make a joyful noise to the Lord All the earth Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Flowers of the field are crying to be heard. The trees of the forest are singing. And all of the mountains with one voice, joining in the chorus of this world. I will not be silent, I will not be quiet anymore, I will not be silent, no, I will not be quiet anymore, running through the forest, diving to the lake, bare feet on beaches wide, standing in the canyon, Painted hills around the wind against my skin. Every ocean, every sea, every river, every stream, every mountain, every tree, every blade of grass will sing. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. 
with your hearts filled with joy. Go forth, be a blessing, and be a blessing to all. <laughs> 